Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. I'm Chris Dovniak, your host, and today my hacks are going to be a little bit different than what I usually share on meal planning and meal prep and grocery budgeting and cooking and cooking with kids. And today we are actually going to talk about a health topic. We are going to talk about anxiety. I have shared a lot here on the podcast, especially when chatting with guests who have strategies for anxiety, as well as a little bit on social media about my struggles with anxiety, which have been around for most of my life, but I think I just really didn't recognize that they were anxiety other than I had a a very anxiety-provoking experience as a really young child that was very easily recognized as anxiety. But other than that experience, the anxiety that I felt as a teenager and an early adult I don't think I really recognized as anxiety until I was much older, and so I didn't really have a lot of coping mechanisms for it. But the thing was, once I did recognize that I had anxiety, I actually experienced panic attacks. Um, They were originally due to severely low vitamin D levels. When I moved up to Canada, even though I grew up in New England, I... You know, I was I was still pretty far north of the equator. Even just going a little bit further north, my body needed extra vitamin D from being inside more, not being outside as much, and just being a little bit further north and just, you know, not getting as much sunlight. And I found myself with very, very, very low vitamin D levels, and I struggled with panic attacks. And that was kind of a reality check. Like, now it was uh, about 10 plus years ago that the, I experienced those that I had anxiety and I could do something about it. And vitamin D was one of those things that helped me with that particular part of my anxiety journey. But I realized that there were other things that were causing me anxiety and eventually at different times panic attacks as well, which is for me a more severe manifestation of anxiety. And for me, taking medication was never something that, or it hasn't been something that has ever felt right for me. I know that that is right for a lot of 
people. And it never got to the point where I felt like that was something that I needed. And so as I share my hacks for managing my own anxiety, I do want to remind you all, I know you probably know I am not a doctor and I'm definitely not your doctor. I am not a medical professional. Um, So I am not giving medical advice today. I'm just sharing with you some ideas of things that have helped me manage and cope with my own anxiety. And I don't want to discount needing medication if that is a path that you choose. For me, um, I don't react well to a lot of medications. I There are certain medications that don't even work on me when you would expect they would. And a lot of that is genetics. I had genetic testing done about eight, uh, a little less than that, about seven years ago. And uh, it revealed that I have, um, you know, I have some genes that point to why I, or gene variations that point to why I don't react to certain medications well. I react to some very strongly. I react to some not at all. And so I'm very, very careful about any medications I take because of this fact. So I'm not for or against a medication. I'm for what works for you. I'm just sharing other coping mechanisms that work for me, things that have worked for me. So be sure to talk to your doctor, talk to your therapist. If you feel like your anxiety is taking over your life, that is absolutely reason to talk to someone about this. These tactics can be really helpful in your day-to-day life, or they, they might work for you, they might not work for you. As with everything I recommend, I recommend you, you know, listen, take what feels good and throw away the rest because what works for one person might not work for another person. But this is what has worked for me. So for many of you who have told me that you have also struggled or currently struggle with anxiety, I wanted to give you some of my best hacks for dealing with my anxiety on a day-to-day basis. So my number one hack for anxiety for myself personally is that my morning routine is everything. Are you sick of me talking about my morning routine? I talk about it a lot. I talk about it with guests. I haven't actually done an episode with my full morning routine. I promise it's not that extensive. It's very doable and I do it in about 20, sometimes 30 minutes in the morning before the kids wake up. But here's the deal. When I don't do my morning routine, I feel it and I don't feel like myself, so to speak. I feel like the best version of myself when I wake up just about a half an hour before the kids do and do my morning routine and the rest of the day just goes better when I do my morning routine, anxiety especially. So for me, my current morning routine and what's been working the best for me when it comes to anxiety, the short version at least, is about 10 minutes of guided meditation. So I have, for a long time, I was a person who thought that meditation just didn't work for me. And I talk about this more in an episode I have coming up with a meditation expert. I'm really excited to share with with all of you. But I thought it just didn't work for me because I have what Buddhists call a monkey mind. And I, I think it's Buddhist. If I got that wrong, I apologize. I am not trying to, um, put any phrase on any religion, but the phrase is monkey mind. And I feel like I have a monkey mind and my mind is all over the place. And it's kind of felt like I need to force it to settle down in order to meditate. And that just doesn't work for me. And so I've had to, I've, I've, 
been in and out of meditating a lot of times and trying to figure out what works for me and what doesn't. And one of the things that works really well for me is guided meditation. And so I don't use any apps. I use podcasts for my guided meditation. Um, My favorite one right now is called Mindful in Minutes, and I've been using it for about a year. I say right now, but I've been using it for about a year. There are some other ones I'll dabble in from time to time, but that's the one that I go to most often. And all of the meditations are about 10 minutes long. So no, I do not meditate for an hour in the morning or even 20 minutes. I meditate for about eight to 12 minutes on average in the morning. So I will wake up. So my literal morning routine, here's my little mini preview of my morning routine. I will wake up, I will go and use the bathroom, I will go brush my teeth and wash my face, come out, grab a green juice, and um, this is not any fancy green juice, I do not fire up any juicer, I've been using a powdered green juice that I really enjoy, and that makes me feel good, and so I will have my green juice, and then I will walk in the other room, sit down, do my meditation, make either some mud water or some decaf coffee, and then I will go ahead and sit down and do the second part of my morning routine, which is journaling. So I go back and forth between guided journaling, so a journal that has prompts or um, gratitude journaling, and I always include some gratitude in my journaling. I shouldn't say always. Most of the time I include gratitude in my journaling, and that is something that has really helped with my anxiety a lot, is focusing on the good and starting the day thinking about the good, especially the good the day before. The things that I am grateful for in my life really helps to bring me to a really positive place. So gratitude journaling, um, and oftentimes, more often than not, what I will do is just brainstream journal, and I will literally just journal whatever's on my mind, and I do that for a couple pages, and then I close my journal, and most often I don't even look at it again. It's just getting everything out of my brain that makes me sort of anxious and something I will do for those of you who have an anxious brain and find it hard to um, or a monkey mind and find it hard to kind of concentrate on journaling which um, for those of you who are listening are like what do you mean it's hard to concentrate on journaling this isn't for you but for those of you who are like oh my gosh I know (laughs) it's hard to concentrate on journaling because you have other things in your mind I will have a to-do list next to me So I put my to-do list kind of in front of me and my journal in front of me, uh, like my to-do list in front of the journal in front of me, and I will journal. And if I think of something that I have to do, instead of stopping my journaling, I'll just jot it on the to-do list, and then I will continue with my journaling. So meditation, journaling, specifically doing some gratitude within that journaling. I usually do it at the end. That is the part of my morning routine that really, those two things are what really set me up for a really positive less anxious rest of the day. The other thing that helps me in my morning routine is not working in the morning. This is something I've had to come to terms with the last couple of years because for me, it's easy to use that time when I wake up before the kids to get a couple things done. But I find myself way more anxious if I start jumping into tasks right away. I know this works for some entrepreneurs, and I will still do it from time to time, but it's definitely not my best morning. So not working in the morning and really blocking out that time for self-care and saving the work until my time block later is has been really, really helpful for my anxiety. Not feeling like – I feel like when I start with work in the morning, I start my day on like – kind of like a in a high like buzzy place where I'm like oh my gosh I gotta get this done and this done and this done and this done instead I do my meditation I do my journaling and sometimes have a to-do list there usually have a to-do list there and then I will go over my plan for the day which helps to calm my mind knowing that I have a plan for the rest of the day that I will get the things done and I time block um, I use Chelsea Joe's system from the Systemize Your Life Academy to time block 
So I will time block out my day. And so I know that I'll get all the things done. And this sort of calms that like, got to get everything done now sort of feeling in the morning, giving myself that time to rest, but also reminding myself, I do have the time to get things done. This is why I block things out. So that's been really helpful. And lastly, I like to listen to calming music when I do this routine. If I can hear the kids who have woken up early and aren't allowed to come out of their room yet until their alarm goes off, buzzing in the other room, or or even if I hear like people outside or it just distracts me and it keeps me from a place of peace in the morning. So I like listen, listening to super, super calm music, almost like meditation style music in the morning in my AirPods while I'm doing this routine as well. So that is also kind of a bonus part of my morning routine that really helps my anxiety. So uh, that's a lot. I know. I've talked for like, what, seven-ish minutes on just my morning routine, but I think that really refreshing my morning routine and making it something that helps to calm my mind and my body and set me up for a place of peace the rest of the day has been the best thing that I've done for my anxiety. So that's number one. Number two is kicking the caffeine. So I will admit, I'm not completely caffeine-free, but I knocked my caffeine down to like a quarter of, of what I was drinking previously. I used to be a caffeine addict, being a um, a coffee, what was it, what did I call myself? A self-proclaimed coffee connoisseur <laughs> in my bio. Like, I, I, I love coffee. I love it, which is why I still do drink decaf or half-calf coffee. Um, Low-calf, I like to call it, because it's not even half-calf. It's like less than half-calf. I will mix in just a tiny amount of my husband's caffeinated coffee with my decaf coffee because sometimes I like a little bit of a boost, but for the most part, I drink decaf because I love the flavor, but it's not great for my hormones and it's certainly not good for my anxiety. I can deal with a little bit of matcha and a little bit of, or mud water, which has like 15 milligrams, I think, of caffeine, not much more than that, if any. Uh, my maximum is about one shot of espresso or like 50 to 60 milligrams of caffeine, and that's what I've learned over time. If I have more than that in a sitting, um, or really more than that in a day, I can't handle it. So I can do a tiny little bit of caffeine, but that has come from a lot of trial and error and having to kick the caffeine like cold turkey for um, a couple of months. And then I could slowly bring back a little bit of it, but not enough to trigger my anxiety. So that has made a huge difference. And I'm actually going to do a whole podcast episode on how to kick the caffeine or how I kicked the caffeine because I know a lot of you have asked for that. So I will share a whole episode on that, but I will tell you, number if number one's my morning routine, number two is certainly kicking the caffeine. My number three hack for anxiety is find out why. So why are you getting anxious? I just mentioned a couple of reasons that I know that I feel anxious, like when I, the, the feeling of needing to get everything done all at once when I start working first thing in the morning. So I had to move that. One of my triggers is caffeine. That's why I'm anxious. But even going deeper than that and figuring out what the root cause of your anxiety or my anxiety is has been a game changer. And so for many, many, many people, this means going to therapy. So seeing a therapist, I'm so glad that therapy is not as stigmatized as it was in the past, but I know some people can still feel uncomfortable going to therapy, feeling like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, anxious enough, or I don't have enough problems, or 
you are enough for therapy is what I want to tell you. You are enough to see someone, to talk to about what you might even think are just minuscule little problems. If they are affecting your day-to-day life, if you have zero childhood trauma or attachment issues or this or that, or you believe all of those things, you believe that, you know, you had the most idyllic childhood, no past traumas, you're totally good and happy and great, but you're still feeling anxious, you probably still have things to talk to someone about and you are worth talking about them even if it might feel minuscule to you, it's affecting you and you deserve taking care of that, okay? So you do not need to have major traumas to go to therapy. If you have major traumas, definitely go to therapy. Not a doctor, not giving you medical advice. I'm your friend and I am telling you to go to therapy because it's so worth it. And I know that it can be expensive. A lot of insurances take therapy. Um, If you go, and sometimes you need a referral for that. So if you go to your primary care physician and say, listen, I have been feeling these this way, right? I've been feeling anxious in X, Y, and Z way. They will likely be able to refer you to someone because that's not in their scope of practice. So to, you know, counsel you, that's not their job. They're your primary care physician, but they should be able to refer you to someone and then insurance should cover that and just, you know, find out who's in network. Insurance oftentimes covers it. If not insurance, um, I've used BetterHelp before, which is a great resource and not sponsored, but it, um, you know, it's much less expensive and they have financing options as well. I found it much less expensive than traditional therapy. So there's a lot of options there. So whether it's you digging to the root cause of your anxiety or getting someone to help you with it, which I highly recommend, and that is something that has certainly helped me, I know the triggers to most of my anxiety now, putting too many things on my plate, the feeling that I need to do everything at once, caffeine. There's a lot of different triggers to my anxiety that I can recognize. And when I can rec, because I can recognize those, they're going to be different for me than they are for you. Maybe some of them are the same, but for me, um, it's, these are some of them. Everyone's a little bit different. Finding your own triggers and your own whys to your anxiety is going to help you to manage them because I can give you all the tools in the world and your therapist can give you all the tools in your in the world. But if you're not actually figuring out why, chances are you're not going to be able to actually really actively take care of it in the way that you could if you know why, right? And so sometimes there isn't a why too. I should mention that too. Sometimes we're just anxious out of the blue and some of these tactics can help as well. Um, I'm kind of giving you the what I do to prevent and then I'll share with you in a couple minutes some of the things that I do in the moment. But I think that identifying the triggers and identifying the why as much as you can can be really helpful and then using tactics when you're feeling anxious sort of out of the blue as well. Something else that's really helped me, hack number four, is reducing social media time. Please don't turn it off. Not yet, okay? Just listen. You know that it makes you extra anxious, right? (laughs) Okay, maybe it doesn't for you, but it does for me. And this has really helped me um, to put boundaries around social media, to take concentrated time off. I took a week off in the summer last year, which I plan on doing again this year. I took a week off around Christmas, which I plan on doing again this year taking concentrated time off. Social media is part of my work, so I don't like doing it for too long. And honestly, I love social media because I love connecting with all of you. I love learning new things. I love the entertainment of it all. But there's also comparisonitis that happens a lot on social media, and that can cause anxiety, feeling like I'm not doing enough, feeling like I'm not living up to what I should be. There's so many, so many 
different ways we can compare ourselves to people on social media. And I find putting boundaries around that and just reducing my overall social media time has been a really big help in my anxiety. And when I feel it creeping up again, both my anxiety and my social media time and or my social media time, they're usually related. So that's one that is definitely, definitely been helpful for me. And if you don't think it's going to be helpful for you, Take a weekend off social media and come back later and tell me how you feel. <laughs> so a couple of supplements have actually really helped me as well. So my hack number five, I have two supplements. And again, I, I've you've been listening so far, so you know, I am not a doctor. I do have a background in nutrition. However, I am not your nutritionist or health coach. So talk to your doctor, talk to your nutritionist before you start taking these. But the two that I take that have made a huge difference in my anxiety are ashwagandha. Um, and I take the Garden of Life ashwagandha. So ashwagandha is an adaptogen. Adaptogens help your body to adapt to stressful situations. And I've tried a lot of different adaptogens. And the one that I notice a very distinct um, difference with is ashwagandha. And magnesium, you need to take magnesium in the right form. Um, so I take magnesium glycinate. You might also see it as magnesium biglycinate. There are studies for both of these and their efficacy with anxiety, and I will link those in the show notes. Okay, sort of as like a work cited. I will sh- I will put I will put those in the show notes. You guys, if you're a sciency person and you want to see the re- the peer reviewed research studies, okay, um, I will put the PubMed links in the show notes as well. But you do need to take magnesium um, glycinate, biglycinate, or, um, oh my gosh, threonate? The one that begins with a T, I, be- I believe it's threonate. I take magnesium glycinate. And that is, those are the ones that are studied for anxiety. There's lots of different forms of magnesium. Um, there's magnesium that can help with digestive issues, make you more regular. There is magnesium that will help with your overall nervous system, but for anxiety specifically, um, there was other ones that are studied. So um, I taking ashwagandha and magnesium glycinate really, really do help me with my anxiety. And I find the magnesium also helps me to sleep. So I'll take one in the morning, two at night. I take three total of the brand that I take. Um, and that just, that feels good to spread it out like that, taking more in the evening. So it doesn't make me sleepy. I've never noticed it made me sleepy, but I don't want it to make me sleepy because again, I don't drink very much caffeine, if any at all. <laughs> so I don't want anything that's going to make me sleepy. So that that is what I take in terms of supplements. Hack number six. What if I'm feeling anxious during the day? Okay, there's two things I turn to during the day if I am starting to feel anxious and I'm having kind of an anxious day. Number one is I will take a break for one of two, one of three things. Okay, so number one, meditation. Number two, breathing or number three walking bonus points if I can do all three at once so I love a walking meditation where I focus on my breathing as I'm walking or walking while focusing on my breathing or just walking and meditating any combination of those but it is still very cold in the northeast actually today is a beautiful day but for the most part it's been pretty cold in the northeast and so I haven't gotten outside to walk a ton but if I am able to even just taking a 10-minute walk around the block midday, you can take your kids to do this. That really, really helps just getting out into the fresh air, getting my feet on the ground, hearing the leaves crunch under my feet, and just no, I usually don't do music. I usually just walk and think and breathe. The type of breathing I like doing is box breathing. Um, so you're like breathing in for count of four, breathing out for a count of four. Is that, oh my gosh. I will either do, I'm, I'm telling you it's called box breathing, but I think I'm, 
I'm describing it wrong. I will either <laughs> breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. Breathe in, hold, breathe out. Yes, I believe that's box breathing, but that's what I'll do. <laughs> I believe it's called box breathing. So I will do box breathing. Um, something else that has helped me, I don't know where I learned this, but it was like, I wish I could tell you the source of where I learned this, but just noticing if my jaw is clenched and unclenching my jaw and just letting my the my um bottom palate just sort of I'm like touching my jaw right now so my voice sounds funny letting it kind of hang down and just massaging the side of my jaw with my two fingers could be really helpful and relaxing because oftentimes when we're anxious our jaws clench up and so just giving your jaw a little bit of a release kind of signals to your brain that it's okay I'm okay so that's something I will do in the middle of the day as well, especially if I'm sitting at my desk and I feel like I can't be pulled away. I will do the breathing and I will unclench my jaw and give myself a little jaw massage. And I also really love essential oils. Um, however you feel about essential oils, I think, you know, even if it's a placebo effect, I really love lavender oil. Um, I love peppermint oil. kind of gives me a little bit of a boost. Lav lavender oil helps me to calm down a little bit. Um, there's one specific one I like to use called Balance by the company doTERRA. I'm not affiliated with them. Um, I just really like that oil and it really helps me to calm down. And I feel like even, again, if it's a placebo type thing, um, I do find their oils are very helpful for various things in my life. Um, but I think for in terms of aromatherapy, I think they can be really, really helpful. Um, so I really like them throughout the day. So again, all of these things, I know everyone has their own opinions on things like oils. Take it if it feels good. If it doesn't, throw it away. Okay. Um, this is not medical advice. So in the moment, so those are kind of during the day. If I'm feeling like I'm having an anxious day, I'll take that time to make sure I do some meditation in the middle of the day, some box breathing, unclench my jaw, or go for a walk, or all of the three, breathe some oils. Those are the type of things I do if I'm having a more anxious day. If I'm feeling anxious in the moment, there are a few tactics that I've learned throughout my anxiety journey that I will sort of pull from. We have an incredible episode coming up in the coming months with an expert who talks about anxiety for children, um, and we'll talk more about this. And I sort of when you know we'll talk more about it when I talk to her. But I she calls this like a backpack for the kids. She tells kids that she puts the tools in a backpack. And I just think of this as like a box. These are my box of tools that help me if I'm anxious in the moment. So something I actually learned when I went to a children's conference several years ago, which is funny, um, but if I'm feeling super anxious, like on the verge of a panic attack anxious, I will f try to switch from like spiraling thoughts. So if you're, you know, have it's like doom thoughts or they are just, you know, really negative thought patterns and you can't seem to get out of it, and you're sort of starting to panic, when you, and this works for children too, when they are starting to get very, very, very upset, if you have them focus on something logical, it takes them out of that anxious, freaking out part of their brain to their logical brain. And so this can be anything from like, adding, subtracting, multiplying. So doing your times tables for kids, you can ask them to count the dots on the ceiling if it's like a popcorn ceiling or something like that. Something that they can realistically do at their age. And for adults, you know, we can do things like two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, eight plus eight is 16. We can, we can do that, right? And so 
that's what I will do is I will go to a very logical place. And that kind of takes me out of that super anxious feeling. It doesn't last forever, but it'll take me out of that super anxious feeling. And so that's something that's been really helpful for me that I took, you know, a few years ago, and I still do today. I already mentioned focusing on um, doing like the box breathing. Just focusing on my breath has been really helpful for me. So just breathing in really deep, breathing out really deep, and just listening to my breath and imagining imagining it as an ocean wave coming in, going out, coming in, going out. I actually use this during labor as well. <laughs> so that was really helpful. Um, that is really helpful. Not was. That is really helpful and was helpful during labor. There is a tactic, and again, this is one that I've I've kind of taken along the way, put in my box, and I don't know where it came from, so you can look up the source if you want to. This is not my idea, but it's noticing five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so five things you see, four things you feel, three things you hear, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. Okay. So five, so you do five first, five things you see. So I can go, I see my water bottle. I see my lavender oil. I see the picture of my family in front of me. I see my papers over there. I see my pens over there. I see my webcam in front of me, even though it's not on. So five things you see. Okay, four things you feel. I feel a little chilly. I feel my feet crossed as my toes are touching the floor. I feel my jeans against my stomach. Like just four things you feel, right? What are you feeling right now? Three things you hear. Well, right now I'm hearing my own voice. I'm hearing a little bit of static. And a couple of seconds ago, I heard an airplane go overhead. So it, just like that, you go through and once you go through all of those things, it's similar to focusing on something logical, right? You're doing the counting, or it is focusing on something logical. You're counting, and you're bringing yourself back into the present moment. And I find this, like, if I'm super anxious, I will just count. <laughs> and that helps bring me back into something logical. And then I'll focus on my breath. And those are like my two, this is why I did it this in this order. Okay, but those two things are what I typically go to in the moment if I'm feeling crazy anxious. If I'm feeling anxious, but I feel like I can handle doing something about it, the 54321 is really, really good. And so I really appreciate that one. And I really like that tool. Um, the next thing that I find really helpful, and I do sometimes, okay, is if you are spiraling, okay, if your thoughts are spiraling and you are thinking the same thoughts over and over and over again, or you're going down the rabbit hole of doom, like the like, if this happens, then this is going to happen, 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 and then we're all going to die. Like, those type of very spirally thoughts, challenging those thoughts and going from the worst case scenario to the best case scenario can be really helpful. So instead of going, what if this happened? you know, the worst case scenario, we'd say, but what if the best case scenario happens? So what if the worst case scenario happened? But what if the best case scenario happened? So presenting yourself, it's kind of like being your own friend. And the friend who is that neutral party who can present you with the best case scenario. Have someone in your life who can present you with the best case scenario. And if you don't have someone, you can be your own friend who presents you with the best case scenario. Um, so that challenging your thoughts from uh, worst case scenario to best case scenario is really helpful. 
uh, a phrase that is really helpful for me if I'm anxious over a situation that's happening that's out of my control, but I, or mostly out of my control, but I'm still sort of spiraling about it. My favorite phrase, and I've shared this with a lot of people before, is I can only do what I can do. I can only do what I can do. Okay, we can't control other people. We can't control a lot of situations in life, but we can do what we can do. Okay, so you decide what you can do and that's all you can do. And then you can let the rest go. I can only do what I can do and then let the rest go. And the last thing that I have heard as a great piece of advice, and I think I do and I don't necessarily think about it in times of anxiety. So this is something you can do in the moment or if you're having an anxious day. And that's doing something methodic that requires your attention. So I've heard people say things like peeling citrus. Um, baking is something that I like to do. I'm not a baker by, like, I don't, you all know I'm a recipe developer. This is not baking to create. That's not something I do very often because I don't consider myself a baker, but I do find it very relaxing. I also find chopping vegetables very relaxing, painting my nails, something methodic that requires your attention, okay, that you can do slowly, methodically, and you kind of have to put your attention towards it. Now, if what you're doing does make you still think about your anxious thoughts, then that might that, that might not be the move. But if it's something where you can kind of take your mind off of your anxious thoughts for a while and just focus on that instead, you might notice your anxiety starting to dissipate, which is what I often find as well. So that's hack number seven in the moment. Hack number eight is have an anxiety friend. <laughs> and what I mean by this is not a friend who is also anxious because that is usually not helpful. <laughs> Having a friend who, it might be a friend who experiences anxiety but might be in a good place right now. But if you have someone specifically who is willing to listen outside of therapy, somebody you can go to really, you know, really quickly and be like, hey, I'm feeling kind of anxious. Can I just talk to you about this? Somebody who will listen and might maybe not give feedback unless you want feedback, but understand that sometimes you don't, you just need to talk it out. If you are an external processor, a verbal processor, and you just need someone like that, then have someone like that and find one of your friends you can talk to. And um, I have some really great, I have a couple really great friends who we kind of when we're feeling anxious, we can go back and forth and we can talk to each other about what we're anxious about and neither of us feels like one of us is taking over the conversation or it needs to be a back and forth. It's just like, hey, can I vent? And sometimes for some of us like me, being a verbal processor, being an external processor, I really need that. And so if that's you having an anxiety friend, you don't have to call them that to their face, but you know, they're their friend where you're like, hey, can I just vent to you? And they will, and they're not going to get offended if you forget to ask them questions. If it's not a back and forth conversation, you, you'll give them that time too, right? That's a being a good, one of the things about being a good friend, right? There's that back and forth. You're there for each other when you need it, but that friend who's there for you and won't take offense if you're just like, I just got to vent and you can vent too. Maybe this is your spouse. Oftentimes I find that like my husband will let me vent, but my husband is someone who is, he's an Enneagram 9, so he wants peace. He wants to fix things. He's a fixer. So his instant is like, what can I do? And then he feels anxious if he can't do anything about it. So that just doesn't usually work. <laughs> so he just tries to fix it. I'm like, no, I don't need you to fix it. I just need to talk to you about this. And so I have a couple friends that I go to for that instead. And I found that to be really helpful. So those are my eight 
anxiety hacks. There's so many more anxiety hacks that might work for you. Um, There are things that I haven't really tried, but I've heard really good things about. Um, CBD is one of them that I tried once, had a really terrible experience with. Maybe I'll share that once because it's actually pretty funny. Um, And I might try again, but I haven't yet. I've heard tapping is a really great tool. That's something I'd like to explore, and I haven't tried that one myself yet. Um, So that's one to explore. I've heard of the ice trick if you're starting to have a panic attack, which basically like shocks your body. And um, I'm just, I'm not going to try that one because I don't like being cold. And I'm sorry, it might work for some people, but yeah, it's just not going to work. Sour candy, I've heard too, that also provides a shock to your body if you're having kind of an anxiety attack, a panic attack. These are all things I've heard work well. I don't like sour candy, so that doesn't sound appealing to me. (laughs) It would certainly shock me too, but... There are a lot of things I haven't tried, and there are a lot of things that might work for you that don't work for me, but I just wanted to share what works for me and what helps me to manage my anxiety on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and in the moment. So I hope this was helpful for you in some small way. Hopefully, I gave you a tool that you hadn't tried before, and if all of these are tools you have tried before, maybe it's a reminder to try them out again, or maybe it is you know, just a reminder that, hey, you're doing the thing, and um, I, do, I do hope this helps you a little bit or at least gives you some encouragement and some solidarity that, you know what, I struggle with anxiety too. Um, But there are tools and tactics and we can still live wonderful lives even if we struggle with anxiety. Okay, friends, I hope this was helpful. Have a beautiful weekend. Don't forget to catch me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. I would love to hear anything that works for you. If this episode was helpful, definitely check in with me over there. I answer all my DMs, so I would love to connect with you over there. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.